Welcome to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, where we highlight and share the stories of African-American women who are 30 plus, child-free, wonderfully made, and living their best life. Remember, womanhood is not synonymous with motherhood. This is Dr. Angela L. Harris, your host. Come join me as we get comfortable and cozy with no bibs, no burps, no bottles. Stay tuned. I'm excited, excited, excited to have another episode to bring you. So I am doing this interview over Zoom. We are in a place where we are sheltering in place. And so I did not want to um, risk any of my guests getting sick. So I'm um, working and talking to my next guest over Zoom. So let me tell you a little bit about my special guest. So my guest is from the south side of Columbus, Ohio. She received a BA from Ohio Wesleyan University and her Master's of Education from Ashland University. In the past, she has worked as a social worker. However, currently she is a middle school teacher and teaches eighth grade language arts and social studies. She has been a member of my sorority, our sorority, Alpha sorority incorporated since 1993 and she's also like me been a part of the natural hair movement since 2010. In her spare time my guess she likes to do hip-hop fitness, writes poetry, she designs jewelry, she loves to read, take pictures, and more importantly she enjoys spending time with family and friends. Currently, and I think this is timely, she's learning about the stock market, and I think we all can benefit from that. So everyone, please help me welcome my special guest on today's episode, Ms. Renita Johnson. Hey, Soror. Hey, Soror. How are yes. you today? Fine, pretty good. Pretty good. Good, good. good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being part of my... A podcast. This is a, a journey. It's been an exciting journey thus far, and I just appreciate you so much spending um, time with me today. So we heard a little bit about you and some of your interests and things that you like to do, but I'm really interested on, before we kind of jump into child-free living, um, I'm interested in knowing transition from a social worker to a middle school or elementary middle school teacher. Tell me what transition why that transition, how smooth it was. Tell me more about that. It was a smooth transition. I always uh, work with kids. So I, um, I lost a job as um, working for the Boy Scouts. So I decided to sub. And so as I start subbing, I enjoy the teaching, you know, the being in the schools and uh, working with kids. And I decided to go back to school and get my master's. So it was a good transition. My mom will always tell me while I was in undergrad that I should be a teacher. I said, no, that's not me, uh-uh. So mm -hmm. I taught it for a long time, but then when I started teaching, I had an opportunity to do it um, um, through subbing. I, did, I found that I liked it. So then I pursued it as a, a second career. Mm -hmm. And when you were subbing, again, that's a, a, a small child population. You're not working with college students, but you're not necessarily working with little, little elementary. So you have a, a nice, they're in that nice age, um, age group. Tell me when you were subbing, what was it about it that drew you to that profession? Giving to kids, you know, teaching. Um, I know when I was younger, that teachers had um, a, a, a great impact in my life. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And um, I struggled in reading. And so I was held back. And so I know the teacher worked hard to get me where I was today, even along with my parents. But I wanted to give back, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the um, way I wanted to give back. I wanted to do reading, you know, because I know kids um, – I saw kids who were struggling and reading and they just, they just had this, um, frustration. They were, you know, um, um, down on themselves. And I wanted to have be an example that just because you're struggling now does not mean that you're going to be, um, struggling later. You're going to be um, successful. So mm-hmm. I just wanted them to know that no matter what you're going through now, that later on, if you work hard practicing you're not you you um there might be some frustrating days but if you keep practicing and um um continue to learn and just because you fail learn from those failures and move on you know and having support is and and encouraging kids is is very helpful Mm -hmm. so i wanted to do that i wanted to do that for kids and know that no matter what just keep encouraging encouraging them and uh, pushing them and for them to know that they can make it, you know. Good. Well, and that's the best teacher to have, someone who really believes in um, your potential, someone who's going to push you. And it seems like teachers teachers were very influential in your life. So this kind of leads me to kind of our conversation about living your best child-free life. So you have a lot of children around you, um, although you don't have children um, biologically yourself. So how would you describe your life at this point, this day and age, being child-free, over 40, African-American sister. Describe your life today. My life is busy. <laughs> I mean, it's full, and people wouldn't think that it's full since I don't have kids. Um, but, you know, being a teacher takes up a lot of my time because I'm just invested in it, trying to um, um, give my students the best that I can. So I'm just always you know, learning something new, reading to see how I can really um, um, grab the, uh, my students' interests, you know, so make learning interesting. And then I'm involved with my sorority and then my family. So my life is very full. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And yeah. a lot of times people sometimes, because I've been trying to change my language, I know that there are some thoughts and I believe it comes from society and the old not married, you don't have a partner, you don't have kids, that we are not living fulfilling lives. And so you just give an example of your life is full. So in addition to living a full life, have you ever experienced people thinking that you're not, like questions of why you don't have kids, when are you going to have kids, wouldn't you be happier with kids? Like, tell me about those experiences. Um, recently, this summer, I was transferred to another school, so I'm still new to to the building. So it was this one teacher; he was male, and um, I had to help him with his class. For example, um, we didn't have enough subs, so I had to be a sub for his class on my on my um, on my personal time. So he would just ask me questions about um, if I had any kids. And I said, no, I don't have any kids. And he said, why? And I said, well, I haven't found the right person. And I wanted to have a partner to raise a child with. And then he said, do you want kids? And so I paused 
because I'm like thinking like, why is he asking me all these personal questions? Because no coworker have ever asked me personal questions like that. And it didn't come at a right time because I just, I just had a hysterectomy this past summer. Mm. And so this kind of hit a nerve, he said. And so I didn't tell him because it was none of his business that I had a hysterectomy. But based on my circumstance, I said, no, I don't. You know, but I didn't go into any detail. And so he looked at me like, what? You're a teacher and don't want... But I mean, it was like a judgment. Like, no, you don't want to have kids. And I said, well, maybe I was projecting that he was judging me. But I just felt like he just looked at me like, you don't want to have kids. What's wrong with you as a woman? And so I just felt like, how do I answer that question now, you know, after having a hysterectomy? And then I had to ask myself, did I want kids? And I wanted the choice, you know, mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Uh, based on having uh, fibroid tumors, you know, I know that if I would have kept it, I still would have had some infertility problems. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just seemed like the choice was kind of made for me. So it was just hard because um, I still am processing you know, my hysterectomy and not having, um, and not having the option to have my own children for me, you know, mm-hmm. for my own body. So I just, I don't know. Uh, it was just the wrong questions during this time when I'm still yeah. doing it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, one, I want to thank you for sharing, um, such an intimate detail because I do know that a lot of women, um, have gone through, you know, what you've shared in regards to surgery and a hysterectomy. And Mm -hmm. when you shared or said that you felt like the choice was taken away from you, I can kind of see how you've been trying to process that and make sense of that because we make the assumptions that women can just have kids because we're women. And that leads me to the question of, you said you weren't sure if you were projecting or not, but I do think people judge us. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you feel like now that you're removed from that situation, you handled it well? Would you do anything differently? I think, you know, me having someone to talk to just because I'm like, okay, you know, um, at the time I had to have it. So I had, you know, the doctor said you had to have it. So I'm not sure. I'm still, I had it in July, the history record in July. So it's still kind of fresh. So, I would have maybe told him, well, that's, I would have probably told him that's personal. I don't want to go into it, you know, so I probably would have just been up front. I was just trying to be that nice little girl, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, and it's all right. It's all right to say, no, that's personal. I don't want to talk any further about it, you know, mm-hmm. so I wish I would have been, should have said that. And I'm not sure why, you know, I was just trying to be, you know, trying to know people mm-hmm. in a new situation. You don't want to come across as, you know, well, she's, you know, she's trying to hide from us or what's her problem. It's just, I I thought it was just too personal. I don't, you know, that's something I would, um, if I was dating somebody and we were in a relationship, that was something I would be sharing with a man that I was in partnership with, you know, Mm -hmm. not a coworker. So I thought it was out of place. Yeah. Yeah. And it it was your experience and whatever was happening in that time was real. You experienced it as this is real. This, my emotions, how I felt, how I received it was real. Is there, is that a thing that you're a teacher and teachers are supposed to have kids? Like, so he was the first one who ever said anything about that. I never felt that 
you know, so again, no one has ever got that personal with me at all. Mm -hmm. And I've been at um, different schools. So yeah, no one has ever um, asked me anything personal. So that's why it was surprising to me that that question would come up after having a hysterectomy because it's never came up um, before at all. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. okay. yeah. Okay. So can you tell me what were some of your earliest recollections of being a mom or being pregnant or, or having kids? Um, you know, playing with dolls when I was younger, but really when I was in middle school, you know, talking to my friends about um, if we had kids, you know, what we were going to name our kids. And then we would ask each other how many kids we would want to have. And then I always said I wanted twins. My grandmother was a twin, so it was a high likelihood that I would have kids, I mean, twins. And so, you know, we were just have conversations about that. You know, kids would play games, like it was this, this hand game and you had to pick, you know, how many kids, I mean, you pick, I forgot the game, but then at the end of the game, it would tell you how many kids you would have and how many years you would be married. So it was always talked about in middle school and high school and, you know, about um, um, being a mother. Mm -hmm. so, and it started mm -hmm. early as that. So you also talked about having a, a plan. So you didn't just want to be a mother. You wanted to be a mother, married, you know, having a father. So at what point or what, we're older now, because this is, you know, interviewing women who are 40 plus or 30 plus, um, that plan didn't come to fruition as far as a family. And so like, when did you make amends with that, you know, in regards to before having the hysterectomy, like, hey, I'm getting older and this may not happen for me? Um, ne never until now, because everybody will always say, oh, you have time. You know, if I tell people, older women, oh, you got time, you know, um, you're still young, don't rush it. I'm like, and then as I became, um, when I was got when I got in my forties, women were, older women were still saying that to me. Oh, I'm like, but I'm 40. <laughs> and then they would tell me that uh, women had children at, at 40. I'm like, okay, for real? So, I, you know, they always say, oh, you got time, you know, it's possible, you know, just, you know, don't rush it. And so it was never the message of, oh, this is it, you're 40 now, it's done and over, you know. Now, since I had a hysterectomy, that's when it's done over. But before then, even like the, my age now, I'm going to tell you my age, people were like, oh, girl, you still can, you know, you still have the opportunity. I'm like, are you serious? But people are still saying that, you know, they say, oh, you're young still. And so I'm like, I thought 40 was the time that, you know, your eggs are but people were still encouraging it. Like, you know, you still have time. So that's mm -hmm. what the message I was still getting. So, mm -hmm. so you know, it, we, obviously we can't change um, time or circumstances, but if this medical condition did not present itself, it seems like you were pretty optimistic and hopeful still. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. yep. And, and hopeful and optimistic um, despite not again going on what you shared earlier not being in a relationship or potential for marriage were you prepared to to have a child on your own and talk a little bit about that i still wanted to get married you know okay. i was 
prepared to have a child on my own because I know the struggles of having a child on your own. I know my friend, she's, um, she's a single mom and she said, don't do it. You know, it's hard. She said, don't let anybody um, lead you to believe that it's um, easy. And she said, um, if you can, you know, try to have it with someone because she says it's not, it's not easy having it, having a child by yourself. And mm -hmm. so she said, if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't do that, do it that mm -hmm. way. So, yes. So just talking <laughs> to friends. Hmm? Go ahead. I was going to say, did you ever consider other options such as um, adoption or really was, if I'm able to, I want to be married and have my own biological children? Yes, it was always, if I was married, I could, um, to have my own bio biological children. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. But I mean, I still can adopt, you know. So that was going to be my next question. So I know sometimes, you know, from um, women that I've talked to, again, um, having a hysterectomy and having that choice be kind of made for you um, is a process um, to just get to a point of acceptance. But the desire to be a mom, there's still opportunities to make that happen. So even though um, you can't have your own biological children, have you thought seriously about adoption what has that what has that process or thought process been like for you um i thought about it and i used to work when i was trying to find myself i worked for an agency where um a foster care agency so you um so i know there are foster care kids out there who um or uh, or kids who need to be adopted so back then that was I, I, I it was an option i thought about it if i needed to that would have been an option you know or it it is an option for me you know mm -hmm. but um but i know if i want to be a, in partner with somebody um the men that I have i have um went with in the past had a relationship with um they already have kids so then you have to talk to them usually they're done you know, they're done. Their kids are either um, teenagers or they might be in their early 20s. So, you know, that's another um, another challenge that I have mm -hmm. to, you know, face. You know, I might have a partner who's, who's uh, already raised their kids and might not want to have another child. So okay. they on their grand they're on their grandchild, and I'm like, I kind of, I was going with this guy one time, and he was like, I have a grandchild. He was, and I was excited for him, but I was like, how can, if I marry him, I'll be a grandmother. I haven't been a mother yet. I'm like, I skipped the whole step. I can't be a grandmother when I haven't been a mom yet. And I was like, man, this, I kind of got scared in that situation. Like, let me just get out because I'm not ready to be a grandmother, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And that's a lot to think about. I mean, again, it's just like, if you wanted that experience of being a mother, and then you're like, like you said, you skipped that whole part, and now you're somebody's, you know, Nana, and you're like, uh, how did I get here? So, right. <laughs> mm -hmm. So this right. is kind of a good way to talk about dating. And so, you know, being child-free, being, um, you know, single and dating men who may understand or may not understand how has that been and do you have parameters will you date someone who has young kids do they need to be teenagers or grown like just a dating life your dating life as much as you're comfortable sharing being child free um 
Men like that I'm child free because there's no drama. You know, I don't have no baby daddy drama. So they love that, you know, and they have all the attention. You know, my attention is not with another. They don't have to compete. So they love that. But then uh, with me, it's just being patient. Um, I'm not sure if I would date a guy who have young kids because I think they need to put their attention on their young kids, you know, because um, kids, they, they demand a lot, of, a lot of attention. I feel like I would be selfish to take that away because in a relationship, you need to nurture that relationship too with a woman. So I believe that, I mean, my personal opinion, that man needs to concentrate on that child and maybe wait on dating but I probably would date a guy who had maybe maybe teenagers or kids who are almost um, going to college so yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so you know so yeah just to um if I won't be I feel like I would be a distraction to that you know relationship so um for, for women um kids I mean for a man who has um younger kids so okay. I don't have you ever had men respond negatively on why you don't have kids? Or when do you decide that you're going to tell them that you had a, a surgery and a hysterectomy? Like, what's, what's that process look like for you when you're dating? Um, again, men, again, I never had any negative um, feedback on it. So, and then if I tell a man that I have hysterectomy, you know, um, I'm currently in a relationship. He's like, yay, you know, then, you know, he's done with kids, so he don't have to worry about that. So, I mean, it's never been a negative, you know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, again, men don't like the drama as far as, um, you know, baby daddy drama and going back and forth, they don't like that, so. Okay. Yeah. So tell me how your family responded. You know, sometimes our parents could, when are you going to give me grandkids? And when are you going to have a baby? And sometimes some women experience the pressure from parents or aunties or cousins, especially if you're one of few who don't have children. So um, how was it prior to you having your surgery and still being optimistic? Um, Your parents, any pressure, any encouragement to have some kids? <laughs> no, mm-mm. no, they wanted me. My mom pushed education a lot. So she was happy that I got my master's and stuff, but she never talked about me um, having or pressuring me having kids. She, she wanted to, um, along, if I was married, yes, I think I would have had that pressure. But since I was single, she never said, when are you going to be in She never did that. It was not until my brother had his child that she she admitted, well, I wanted, always wanted grandkid, but it was only after he had his first child. But we, me and my, I have another brother, we're three years, I have a brother, th- we're three years apart, and then I have another brother, we're 13 years apart. And the one that's 13 years apart from me, he's the one that had a child. So me and my other brother, we were like, he took one for the team because then our parents, our um, parents are satisfied now, you know. So my other, my brother, who's uh, three years younger than me, he said he didn't want any kids. So he told my parents, don't expect me to have any kids because I'm not. And so with me, you know my circumstance, I can't. So it was my younger brother who had a child. So mm-hmm. you know, 
You said, you know, since they have that one grandchild, you know, they're happy. My parents. They're good. They're very good. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. So, how, how is it in your sister circle? So, are you the only one that's child free? Um, how are your conversations, your experiences with women who are mothers, and just you know, is this something that kind of your conversations? Um, I have a mix of um, women in my circle who don't have kids and who have kids. The ones that who, who um, the women in my circle who have kids, they are very respectful. They never um, look down on me, you know, so. And then only my one friend who was single was raising her child by herself. She just, she was the one that said, don't do it. It's hard. You know, don't let anybody um hype you that that you're missing out on anything she said you're not missing out on anything you know enjoy your life so that was my message from her even my mom she said it's not all that is cracked up to be she said kids are hard work and she said it's just she says no it's not a joke i mean you have to have time and you know attention you have to you sacrifice a lot she says not it's not something that you know you should take lightly and so, you know, my mom even said that. So, mm -hmm. you know, so those are the message I get from my friends and, you know, family. Mm -hmm. so. And it's, it's good. It's good to hear mothers share that truth because I think sometimes, and again, I do think this is just kind of how society is, is structured where, you know, mothers yes they they do a lot they handle a lot but it's almost like you know like oh i love my kids and yes you love your kids but it's also good to know that mothers sometimes are like it this is hard and admitting that because i do think a lot of times some mothers can struggle in silence because it's kind of like well what kind of mother am i if i say these kids are driving me insane and i wish i would have um done something differently mm-hmm Right, right. So my mom was, um, I was sharing with her like this interview that what, what I was going to say to you. And she said, um, she said, because um, I said, sometimes people look down on you. And she said, what? She said, for what? Why are people, they were like, they're not telling you the truth for everything. She said, why would someone look down on you just because you're having kids? She said, I don't understand that. So, you know, she was, and then she went, that's when she went on and said, you know, you know, was just sharing me, with me how hard it is, you know, and um, so she was just encouraging me, you know, so yeah. So, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> so tell me your, your thoughts or views or what comes to mind um, regarding how child-free African-American women are portrayed in society or media or print, like any um, TV shows or commercials, like do you feel like there's a fair representation of um brown faces that are child free like just what comes to mind um what comes to mind is tracy ellis ross you know she talks about being child free and she said i think it was michelle obama who interviewed her and she said and it was funny what she said she said that she could be interviewed by michelle obama she can have all these achievements and the question people will ask her is, do you have any kids? And if she said, no, then all those achievements means nothing, you know? And so I was like, that is true, you know? So I don't care how much you achieve. If you, in some people's mind, if you don't have kids, then you have nothing. You are nothing, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, but 
Um, I was also thinking about church. You know, I went to this one church. My church that I grew up um, in, they always uh, push education, you know, get your education, leave those boys alone. And so mm -hmm. they were, um, when I would come home from college, they were like so proud of me. But you know, after college, they never asked me whether I was going to um, get married. They always say, what's your name? You're going to get your master's. So they always push college. But then when I went to this other church, they looked down on me because they were like, well, you having, when you have no, uh, having no kids means you're selfish because the Bible says, um, 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 be fruitful and multiply, you know? And so then you come to an arena where, you know, ch uh, having children is more important than the education. Mm -hmm. So, and, um, dealing with that because at the time I didn't know I was infertile. So, um, just dealing with that, you know, and, you know, people's view on having kids, you know, instead of, you know, pursuing your career, you know, so, um, and those women, they were, um, they were stay at home moms, they homeschooled their kids. So they dedicated themselves to that, you know, and anybody who dedicated themselves to career, or anything else was out of sync to what God wanted them to do. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, so it was just um, it was just different, you know, having that um, being um, exposed to that point of view. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So often um, people talk about legacy or families talk about legacy, right? And when you have a son, you know, they have your last name. They, they continue the, the bloodline, they continue future generations. And sometimes when we are child-free, um, sometimes we may think like, I don't have anything to pass to. And so when you think about a legacy and leaving your legacy or leaving your mark and not having children, like what will your legacy look like? What do you want it to look like? Uh, I can volunteer, I can share my uh, wisdom, pass my wisdom down. I have a nephew that I can do that with, you know, um, imparting, you know, high self-esteem in him, um, encouraging him. And also, you know, since I'm mis um, investing or trying to learn about the stock market, doing uh, maybe setting some money aside for him, you know, for, for his future. So um, th those are the things I can do, giving back to my community to make it better. Mm -hmm. You know, those are I can do to leave a piece of me, you know, in the world, you know, mm -hmm. that's how I can leave my legacy. You know, I work with a lot of kids, so I can impart my wisdom into them, you know, mm -hmm. so. I wanted to go back, because something just kind of sparked um, a, a further question about these two experiences of, you know, not having the pressure and then having this, uh, your, your church kind of put that message like, you need to have kids, you need to have kids. And so how did you work through that? Or like, did you put somebody in a place? Did you have a clap back? Did, did you not say anything because it was the church? Like, tell me a little bit about how you navigated that. I, I didn't say anything, you know, because, um, I, because my, um, I don't know. I didn't. I, I I didn't say anything at the time because I felt like it was my choice, and I knew if I was just exposed to that, grew up in that, then it would affecting affect me more. But I had my other church that I grew up with, 
and I knew they were more of a bigger voice than they, this other church was, you know, so, um, I just, when people, you know, uh, I'm a Christian too, but if other Christians have something, I, I, I just listen. I said, that's their truth. And I know it's in the Bible. It is true. But then I said, how can I be fruitful and multiply? You know, I can give love. I can, you know, um, multiply my wisdom. You know, how can I be still fruitful and multiply? You know, does that only deal with kids, you know, only, you know, or, you know, like um, I re was reading something, some people like can't have kids. So what does that mean for them? You know, so you have to find out how you can be fruitful and multiply in a different way. You know, just because it's not in the form of a child doesn't mean that I'm not being fruitful and multiplying, you know, you know, maybe giving out bags to, you know, maybe the homeless, you know, or um, saving up my pennies and letting them multiply for my nephew, you know. So there's a way I can be fruitful and multiply without having kids, you know? And, and if we took that so literally, if, you know, it's, it's like, yes, you know, it says it in the Bible, but not every woman in the Bible had children. So you see how, you know, and I like the fact that, because I think for some women, something like that or that message, especially if you have um, fertility issues or you just don't want children to have that message of you're supposed to be fruitful and multiply, that could be damaging to some people's mental health, where I like the fact that you said, there are so many other ways I can be fruitful as a woman. A, a woman who can't have children or a woman like me who's decided by choice, I don't want children. How can we continue to be Christian women while still mm -hmm. and being fruitful? So I love the examples that you gave. Because the other hear that right and then like i was reading i would just realize that jesus didn't have any kids but he was fruitful and multiplied he multiplied his word you know he was trying to recruit for christianity so he was fruitful and multiplied so you know he that's what his fruitful and multiply came from recruiting and you know telling everybody about the word of god you know mm -hmm. so he was fruitful in his way and he multiplied you know so you know, people do it in different ways. And definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, what would you tell a young girl who wants to be child-free by choice, but pressured by family, a partner, or society to have children? She needs to stand on um, what she wants, you know, stick to her, her guns, um, not to feel pressure because a child, it's only fair for a child to be wanted and loved. And if you don't want kids, then that's a um that's a choice that that um if you don't want kids don't have kids you know and also if you're in a relationship before you marry be upfront with your partner okay if you don't want kids just tell him i don't want kids and then he can decide whether he still want to stay with you or not but it's just only fair for him to know that where he can be, um, if he decides not to, then he's with a woman who wants kids. And then you are in a relationship with a man who may not want kids. So then that's a happier marriage. But my thing is to be upfront, be honest about what you want and stick to your grounds. And, you know, I know your um, women might be pressured, a young woman might be pressured, but you have to know what you, you want. Mm -hmm. And it's just easier. It's not, again, it's not fair for a, a child to come into this world not wanted and, uh, and not loved, okay? Mm -hmm. So so think about that future child. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, always have a child in the best 
you know, if you can, the best situation. I know mm-hmm. some kids are not in the best situation and things happen, but if you can, you know, control that, try to can control that. And again, you know, give a, a child the best opportunities that it can't so yeah and and you shared it earlier in regards to what your friend shared and even your mom is that you know it's all about making the best decisions for that person and it's, it's also recognizing that people can change their mind right so you might be in a space where you're like i don't want any kids i don't want any kids but then you decide you know, that you're more stable or you have money or you have a partner and so i think about just respecting everyone's choices while also recognizing that there are women who desire to have children but because of circumstances and we just have to be sensitive and have mutual respect um and let people make the best choices for them so so thank you so much for sharing your story so i guess my last question is any regrets or anything that you would do differently now that you are are in this this time and space um i i have no regrets no so um things happen you know out of my control so i have to just accept that but i have no regrets because god has blessed me and if i die today i would die with a smile on my face because even if i didn't have any kids i have been blessed beyond measure and so I, um, I lack, I lack nothing. So, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, God's been good. You know, some people think, you know, well, you didn't have no kids. Then that I'm like, you know what, God's going to give you what you need. And, you know, so and you always have to be grateful for everything, you know, mm-hmm. so no matter if you have kids or you don't. So, yeah. oh, and again, if I die today, I would die with a smile on my face because God has been that good to me. So. A couple of amens. Snap, snaps, amen. Snaps, amen. So, so I want to give you an opportunity. Thank you so much for joining me today on my podcast. And give you an opportunity to either share just a final nugget. Is there anything interesting that you're doing? I know that you're doing the stock market training. So anything that you want to plug or, you know, if you want people to follow you, just your last words. Um, I had this, um, one thing, um, do not let, I want to say, do not let anybody change your name because I was talking about plus being pleasant, um, having a pleasant life. But um, again, you know, know your worth as a woman, you know, because some people would try to devalue you because of what you don't have. And just, um, just know who you are. So, and also, um, I don't know, just stay blessed. I don't know what else to say. No, stay blessed. That's a good, that's a good place to, 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 to leave it, just to stay blessed and, you know, don't let anyone change, change you, your thoughts, your feelings, what you want. So stay blessed, everybody. So thank you to all those who are listening to today's episode. And remember, womanhood is not synonymous with motherhood. Take care. Peace. Peace. You have been listening to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, a podcast dedicated to the stories of African-American women without children. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. 
Until next time, keep living your best child-free life.